Hello, hello, and hello, and welcome to the 8th Fantasy Football Forecast Podcast. Today's date is May 1st, and your hosts today are Owen, Jason, and Patrick. We'll be going over the weekly NFL news that encompasses trades, trade rumors, etc., and then we'll be spending the rest of the episode analyzing the important draft picks. Who wants to start? I'll get us started with the the, weekly news. Weekly news. Don't let Jason step in on my toes. I got the weekly news locked down. So I was kind of uh, kind of chirping earlier. I mean, the past couple of weeks, we've been making fun of you know the dry weeks, but uh, the NFL, you know, they they fought back a little bit this week. I uh, I do have a packed section. I think yeah. as we can all they, see, they heard you. They heard me chirping about how boring it was the past couple of weeks, and they just they loaded up episode eight as a loaded weekly news. So first thing we have on the list here is Chiefs trading with the Ravens to get themselves uh, tackle Orlando Brown, trying to beef up that O line after Pat Mahomes got embarrassed in the Super Bowl. Which I think that's some well needed help. That O line yeah, yeah. is they've they've put in some work in that O line this offseason. I think they've it's huge improvement. Dumbest decision Ravens could have done, you know. Helping yeah, out. <laughs> I think the teams like I've heard they were mentioning like boycott trading with the Chiefs. That should have been a thing. Like if you didn't allow the Chiefs to have an O line, they would have failed yeah. again. But they the Ravens just screwed over everyone else. You just went from no tackle at all to all pro tackle. And it's just like, why would you give your biggest competition uh, yeah. an all-star tackle? It's, but yeah, Chiefs' point of view. I mean, I we, they trade picks away, but we don't really focus on the picks here. But like, it doesn't matter what you're trading away if you're getting an all-star tackle. You, they're they're in a win-now mode. They want to, you know, as long as they got Patty Mahomes, they're just trying to win now. Focus on that. And I mean, Orlando Brown's going to be helping them out a lot. I don't think Orlando yeah. Brown's going to be getting exposed in the Super Bowl as we saw. Only downside really would be the fact that now the Chiefs have to pay him literally whatever he wants because of how much they had to give up. Yeah, we did. I did see something also when I was looking at the news that he's going to actually, they're going to actually restructure a long term deal because the Ravens were unwilling to sign him long term and restructure his contract, contract. But the Chiefs said they're going to look forward to having him for like a more long term deal, which means, but yeah, if they trade that much for him, he knows they got to pay him whatever. Otherwise, you know, just an embarrassment for him. So, Chiefs, you know, bulking up that O-line. Next up, we have some Julio Jones trade rumors. Been kind of flying around this week. You know, before the, before the draft hit, there's uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want I don't. I don't think I want to see him leave. But, you know. I mean, they fly around every year. Yeah. Only... I, don't, I don't know. This year, they seemed a little extra, you know, you know, uh, more, more, not even more serious, but more, more relevant, almost. I mean, there's a chance because, well, they kind of have the, like, I think thirty million in cap debt. Yeah, <laughs> that they need to clear out. That's probably. I did see somewhere though, if they, I think before June first they trade them, it's a twenty three million cap hit. But if they wait after June first, it's say fifteen mil. So I feel like regardless, they're yeah. gonna wait till after June first. Oh yeah, for sure. Like why you? Why not? You know, like saving fifteen mil is serious, especially if you say they got thirty mil in debt. I mean, they gotta find the money somewhere. Uh, I think Calvin, Calvin Ridley really, you know. Proven himself while Julio Jones was out, out injured a little bit this season. Kind of really proved that it's hard for them to both produce, and maybe they're just sticking with Ridley. That's my only input on the situation, I guess. Yeah, the Falcons are already prepared. They don't exactly need Julio anymore with their draft selections they've made, mm-hmm. though. So it makes sense if they did move on from him for finally. Yeah, seems somewhat logical. Next up, we have another another more rumors. We have the explosive... Uh, Aaron Rodgers kind of wanting out of Green Bay, which 
I think we all saw this last year's draft. Once they took Jordan Love, I think I, I saw this coming a year out. Yeah, no, it's... What are you going to do, Green Bay? I mean... You're about to lose your MVP QB is what's going to happen. Where is he going to go, though? Not many teams need a quarterback, really. Yeah, so like, I think the the reasons he stated, which, once again, might not be true, but he claimed he wanted to get closer to the West Coast, where, where he grew up, where his family lives. So mm-hmm. I think... I forget the teams he listed. I know it's definitely Broncos and Raiders. There's probably a third team out there. I would assume San Fran, which we were trying to figure out the third team off the top of our head. I think San Fran probably it. Seems like his hometown team. But he claims he wants to go out west. I don't know. I think he might just be fed up with Green Bay. That seems like a good excuse to have. But I mean, yeah. he could be. I mean, he's, he's getting older up there. I guess nice weather out there. I mean, Wisconsin's not exactly the greatest weather, let's be honest with ourselves <laughs> yeah. here. You think Aaron Rodgers is going to go into like retirement home? After this, I didn't say retirement home, but I mean, when you get older, you want to be in the nice weather. It's like everyone moves down south, they're like out west when they get older, you know? It's like, that's what he's doing. I don't think he's having fun living in Wisconsin. He's also, he's engaged now, you know, he's a family man, gonna be coming up maybe, you never know. Yeah. And before, like, before he used to be like locked into football, I'm a single guy living in Wisconsin. Now he's like, he's, he's engaged in, and he's running a game show also. Like, he's living the life. Well, he, yeah, gotta he was, go work on Jeopardy all day. Like, exactly. Yeah. Do, hey, they he, probably filmed Jeopardy out in California. Would be my guess. He's just trying to get closer to the studio. He wants to be full, I mean, full-time Jeopardy host. I was saying him. it with Deshaun Watson, but I, I think it, Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos got to oh, lock it okay. in. Okay. <laughs> well, now that actually you bring it up, we could have a refute. I'm gonna skip a couple lines down here. Teddy Bridgewater got traded to the Broncos this week. He was a sixth-round pick. Aaron Rodgers, if you got a choice, they didn't even have the choice for Aaron Rodgers then. It's, that is true. You know, that if you was, got yeah, that choice, big upgrade. So, I mean, how do we feel? I mean, we kind of called Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater getting traded last week. As soon as Sam Darnold went there, we're like, you trade that much for Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater's got to be out of the door. I think we all saw this coming basically yeah, no. last week. Sam and, Darnold running Bridgewater out of town for the second time on a second team. I mean, that's just two bad QBs going and pushing each other out. I actually, I respect Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think he's... I think he gets hate on a little bit. I think he's better than Sam Darnold. I would say so, too. But the, they're both, you know, I would say <laughs> not, below average. Yeah, no, not one you'd want. So, though. yeah, they're both not QBs you want. But the fact that they're battling each other to push each other out of town is just, come on. Yeah, no, I mean, if, you know, Bridgewater does start, Broncos, mm-hmm. they could push for the playoffs, but it would be, like, I see not likely with the rest of the competition they have in the West, I think. Yeah. Chiefs obviously run the division right now. Chargers mm-hmm. are an up-and-coming team. Broncos are a quarterback away from playoffs, but don't think Bridgewater is yeah, that Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. You mentioned that Broncos are quarterback away. Is Bridgewater a good enough QB in Jason's no. eyes? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> yeah, I would say upgrade over Drew Locke, but not enough. I don't think he's not, not enough. Aaron Rodgers is enough, that's well, for sure. Yeah, yes, the reigning MVP, I hope, would be enough to push them over the edge. Uh, in more news here, we have Antonio Brown re-signing with the Buccaneers. As we mentioned a while ago, he was just taking his time. He also claimed, you know, he wasn't going to play for anyone besides Tom Brady. Yes. And also, Byron Pringle re-signing with the Chiefs. We'll start Antonio Brown. As per usual, terrible news for the rest of the Buccaneers' offense for fantasy. <laughs> uh, don't like any of them at this point. They continue to just fall down the rankings list. Mm-hmm. Byron Pringle, I mean... This is also more. terrible news for anyone drafting the Chiefs, but already yeah. bad well, news. Well, at the end of the day, you're not drafting any of the Chiefs players expecting this to impact them because the Chiefs have, you know, their three elite players and then everyone else. Mm-hmm. 
with kind of Clyde Edwards Hilaire just kind of stuck in the middle of that group. But this just more so confirms. Yeah, it'd be kind of a shame if someone drafted him as a round one QB. You mean running back? Q- QB? Running back, yep. There you go. That's mm-hmm. right. Yep. Yeah. The roast was almost there. It was almost there. You still drafted him <laughs> in the first round. I don't know. There's nothing to say, Owen. I mean, but... you did too in a different league. <laughs> no, I didn't. I drafted him second round. First pick in the second round, though. Mm. But, yeah, no. Uh, Byron Pringle is just more so a sign that Michael Hardman's just not going to be a good receiver, not someone to draft. It's really, that's all this really says for you. So, if you for some reason believe in Hardman, this is news. Don't do I it. I think if you believe in Hardman, you were, you were wrong years ago. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a decent option to have on a, a football team. But fantasy-wise, I don't think you need Michael Hardman on the team. No. Or Byron Pringle. No offense to the man. And then our last week of weekly news is more fifth-year options. We mentioned a little bit last week, but we have four new ones here. We have Quentin Nelson with the Colts, Saquon Barkley with the Giants, Lamar Jackson with the Ravens, and DJ Moore with the Panthers all getting their fifth-year extensions picked up. I mean, you know, Quentin Nelson, Lamar Jackson, the clear two elite players in this group. Saquon Barkley, DJ Moore, step down. Still great options. All of them obviously going to be picked up. Nelson... Not really arguably anymore, but greatest guard in the NFL. I would say so. Yeah. He is quite the beast. Also probably the most known guard, if anything. And yeah, I feel like O-Lyman get disrespected, but I feel like Quentin Nelson's more of like the most universal, universally known name yeah. out of all the O-Lyman. Lamar Jackson, I mean, you don't need to say much about him. He's a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. I have heard his name before, Yeah, believe it or not. But... uh I'll say Saquon needs to really prove himself. He hasn't done anything in two years, and I know, you know, he got injured last year. But still, he hasn't been good. And, like, there are plenty of players who, after two years of no production, everyone just throws him aside. But everyone's like, nah, Saquon's still elite. And I don't get that exactly. I agree fifth-year option picked up makes sense, but end of the day, he hasn't done anything for a good while, and I'm not really too impressed with him at this point. Because, like, if Ezekiel Elliott didn't do anything for two years, everyone would say he's washed. And there are people who are saying he's washed after one year. Why is Saquon mm-hmm. getting special treatment? I just don't get it. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's more we, we view... People view Saquon as more of, like, you know, like younger. Like, he got he got injured such so like a young into his career that maybe it just kind of threw him off track. But... Yeah, he also, I mean, it's been tough. I was also, I was always a Saquon supporter. I mean, I had him on the fans team a couple of years ago. I, uh, as my, my deadly running back duo of Saquon and Zeke, which I will never shut up about. Cause I How'd that season go? Uh, I did lose. But I was first first seed, though. So, like, I picked up a couple a couple bucks in the, you know, the was it, highest points of the week. Snagged a couple of those. Did choke in the playoffs, but that's okay. But uh, I think Saquon, I mean, the injuries hurt him. Same with Zeke, if we're com- yeah. basically comparing them at this point. But I think the issue with Zeke more, well, more as well is that he was not able to produce without Dak. And Saquon, it's like he's got Danny Dimes. Like, you know, the QB <laughs> hasn't really affected him, you know? He hasn't yeah. had a good QB his whole career, basically. Still, the offensive line has not improved for Saquon. And so, yeah. I mean... Like... I can understand why you're saying he's not elite. I still think he's... I don't. I gotta think about that. I don't know if. I don't know if elite. Maybe. Maybe not elite. But I think I. I. I don't like to knock people down just because of the injury. You know. I, I feel like the injury is like an excuse, and that maybe he's able. Still, his ability to prove himself. 
he played all of two seasons ago, and mm-hmm. the one game he did play against the Steelers, all terrible, yeah. all completely healthy. That is true. So maybe maybe Saquon, you know, hopefully bounce back. I'm uh, I would I'm like to see him succeed. It. You know, but like I, he he seemed like you know he seems like a good character. I would like to see him succeed in the league. I hundred percent want him to succeed, but I'm not gonna bet for it. Uh huh. So I mean, here here first. Yeah, Saquon is dead. Last player, DJ Moore, another, you know, going, regressing as his team, you know, moves on. You know, Sam Darnold already has a connection with Robbie Anderson from, you know, the years with the Jets. People seem to not really realize how big that's going to impact him. DJ Moore is going to have a worse season than last year, most likely. Unfortunate. Still, good player to have but a bit overrated right now for what he's most likely going to produce. Yeah, I think Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold at QB hurts him compared to Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. Especially because Bridgewater knew was close with DJ Moore over their years together, and as you said, the chemistry between Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold, it's it's not going to help DJ Moore. Like, you know, having that chemistry and then DJ Moore is just sitting here as the awkward other guy, it's like, Mm -hmm. that's not helping his targets at all. I would take Anderson over Moore for any, any draft. I mean, yeah, it depends how much that chemistry between Darnold and Anderson affects it. But... Anderson was just as good, if not better, than Moore last year already, and now he's just got yeah, a better connection a with the quarterback. quarterback. That, yeah, I, I would agree with you at that point, then. If their numbers are similar and Anderson just has that connection with Darnold, I mean, Moore's going to get passed. But and it's just... still, Moore's being taken first, so it's just, you know, Anderson's I think, once, once again, name value. I, oh, I would yeah. like to highlight that. I think DJ Moore has a more prominent, you know, name value than Robbie Anderson. Mostly because Robbie Anderson was on the Jets. He has the Jets effect of yeah, if you're on yeah. the Jets, you just assume to be bad, which is tough for him. He was pretty bad on the Jets, so well, it makes yes. sense. <laughs> so, like, it does fit. Rightly so, they assumed he was bad. But like after he left the Jets, he still associated with them, which just kind of brings him down. Yeah. But could happen with Sam Darnold, now that I thought about it. We were trashing Sam Darnold. New team th- could revitalize him. Nope. Yeah, okay, I wasn't believing, but I was like, you know, throw some optimism. He's never been good. Even in college, like 42 turnovers, 17 games in college. Not good. Move on. But people won't move on. Oh, that that is not good. Yeah. (laughs) That is not good. At USC, 42 turnovers in 17 games. Uh, Hard to defend that guy. So how about Sam Donald still sucks? Yes. Update of the week. Sam Donald is still bad at football. And now we can move. Let's just move on. First round recap. Just leave it at that. Sam Donald's bad. Quarterback who is not bad, though. Smooth segue. Trevor Lawrence, number one pick to Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, no, I mean we got shocker, a, a big surprise. I got the notification on my phone. I was like, "What?" I lost my bet. I was betting on Zach Wilson all uh-huh. the way. <laughs> Went bad for me, but yeah, no. I mean, not we got a lot of players to go through. Trevor Lawrence, not a surprise. I don't really think we got to cover much here. We've also talked about him before. Yeah. Every time we mention the Jaguars, we always assumed you're there. We did, hey. Shout out to the Jaguars. I did bring up a couple times. Jaguars couldn't mess it up. The one of those franchises that have made some questionable decisions before. Jaguars did not Jaguar. They did it later on, though. Well, <laughs> but we're not hey, there yet. Hey, we're hey. not there yet. They did good with the number one overall pick, which makes sense because they've had, you know, months to think about this pick. So we already talked about Trevor Lawrence in the past. That's an easy one we can move past. Zach Wilson, we we'll also mentioned him before. I mean, Zach Wilson, number two pick, QB to the Jets. Sam Darnold yeah, for placement. I mean, quite the line of QBs for Zach Wilson to, you know, hop on into that legacy right there. Not the biggest fan of Zach Wilson either, I'll say. I mean, 
I I haven't seen much Zach Wilson probably because he plays for BYU. No offense, but Fair I don't enough. I don't watch many. I don't watch and barely any college football. And if I'm watching, it's definitely not BYU. So I hate to break it to him. End of the day, like a new stat I saw was Zach Wilson against ten win teams. I did see that. He's a one Never and five won. or zero oh and five. Zero oh and five. Zero oh and five. I did see that stat. One and touchdown, <laughs> and eight or yeah. eight, eight interceptions. I I'm gonna go with the lower number eight. Eight yeah. interceptions. In I am games. I am all for supporting like people not in the Power Five or like those D three athletes. I, I like the success stories, but when you the not hype that people get for yeah. high stats playing against bad competition is sometimes outweighs their value. Like, cause I'm mm-hmm. as as a person that doesn't watch college football and doesn't care very much. I lo- I like it's like cool. Like you want to see the underdog, like the guy that's not from Power Five. Yeah, like a non not known school at all. I would like to like BYU or like the what's it like UCF North Dakota State. <clears throat> well, yeah, but like, well, they're FCS. That's a little different. FCS yeah. is a little different, but yeah, like those random like non-power five, like those other conferences. I love to see the success stories, but I think you gotta you gotta take their the numbers, like their stats, with a grain of salt because you gotta compare the competition. Like these guys aren't playing SEC. They're not playing ACC. They're not you know Pac-12, Big Ten, Big Twelve, like. The, the, the competition they're playing is, I think, at level down. But most people don't take that into account. They're just comparing straight numbers. Yeah. Zach Wilson, he'll be a starter all year. Still don't think he'll be relevant this season, though. So. Yeah, fantasy uh, relevance, I wouldn't. But, I mean. I'm betting against him. Yeah, I would say also one. Jets going to Jets, you know. Yeah. But, hey, the Jets, they took who they said they were going to take. They did. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to say Jets didn't Jets because they might. I th- I have a very pretty good feeling that a quarterback taken later on in the draft is yeah, probably going to end up man. better than Zach Wilson, but there were... they took who the media said they should have taken. You know, they did what everyone hoped yeah. they did. So, so they got that they right. haven't messed up yet. Even though personally, I feel like Zach Wilson might and not end up as the best one. I agree. Yeah, another QB taken at number three. San Francisco took Trey Lance. Oh, North Dakota North State. Dakota. Crazy. What a coincidence that you mentioned them earlier. <laughs> Which North Dakota State, I'm pretty sure, is like the FCS powerhouse. From the little I know about FCS football, I'm pretty yeah, sure they win it almost still, every year. It's still, you know, in the NFL, he's going to be an underdog. Yes, compared to other colleges. So, like, yeah. he's got that. But, um... To also don't know much about Trey Lance. Well, I don't watch I mean, yeah. any FCS football, so... Trey Lance, I mean, he was kind of expected once Justin Fields was, like, eliminated from the competition. Yeah, going to bring that choice. up. Why? I don't know. But... Why? What happened to Justin Fields? This whole time, as a guy that doesn't watch college football, I thought he was the number two draft pick the whole time. He was, and then he wasn't. And for, Trey Lance did anything him. happen? Or they, the media just decided, oh, uh, he's not good enough. He did well in his pro day, and he also admitted to having epilepsy. So that, <laughs> that's the only new thing that happened. So he had epilepsy. So the... He also performed good in his pro day. Oh, oh. So he, wait, wait. He played good. So they're drafting him later. Yes. Mm, that that always makes sense. You draft the good players later on. But yeah, I know. Uh, Trey Lance, uh, he's not going to do anything this year with Jimmy G. I mean, he could take over later in the season, but... I don't, I don't see the 49ers getting rid of Jimmy G. I expect for the 49ers to most likely redshirt Trey Lance the entire season. Yeah, more of like a Jimmy G, like a mentor role yes. or something like that. I don't see how they could easily get rid of him right now. I think that's most likely what's going to happen, and Trey Lance, you don't really look for it until next year at best. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, who do they trade Jimmy G to? All the oh, teams that needed a QB just drafted one, you know? Yeah, it's I feel like of... you got to get rid of him before the draft for anyone, you know, picks on. But now that 
Who's going to take Jimmy G with like a rookie QB they drafted in the first round? I don't see how a team's going to do that. Uh, yeah, no, I think most likely just redshirted. Mm-hmm. He might take over if Jimmy G does bad. Yeah, he could hurt, be like a like, yeah, no. like a midseason takeover, like last four games. Like if they're if they're struggling, like you know, season wise. But yeah, no, just a wouldn't draft Trey Lance. Yeah, not really. Much if he does Lance, take no, over, much. consider picking him up depending on how he does. But right mm-hmm. now, yeah, nothing there. I would agree with you. Number four pick, the Atlanta Falcons take Kyle Pitts first non QB. Yeah, a big reason for Julio most likely possibly departing would mm-hmm. be Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta. I mean, he's, you know, the clear best player, generational tight end talent, but at the end of the day, tight ends don't produce in their rookie season for fantasy. That and, has been uh, yeah, that has been proven. Yeah. Rookie tight ends usually struggle struggle with the transition. He could be, you know, another outlier like players like Gronk were, mm-hmm. but he is, you know, that good, but at the end of the day, it's going to be interesting, you know, Atlanta Bad defense, good offense. If Julio's still there, that only hurts Pitts. If Julio leaves, Pitts could immediately become the number two receiving threat right behind Calvin Ridley. That so, would be nice. I think that's a nice place to be your if, rookie year. If that happens, then I would, yeah, Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts would be a legitimate option to draft. But right now, I think you could take him late in the draft and like hope he just breaks out, but I wouldn't be taking him. Definitely not as a tight end one. Like, yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't think we can't factor expect that him. into the yeah, tight end rankings or anything, but he's more of a... I don't see a draft. Maybe draft late, like if you got like a keeper or something, but I don't know how much... We don't know how much he's going to you know, explode onto the scene. He might, might be a free agent pickup. I guess it depends Julio Jones. Julio Jones is gone. I think Kyle Pitts like shoots up in value instantly. For sure, yeah. When, no. he, when he, if he solidifies himself the second option in the offense, I mean, he's going to be able to produce... But there's also, you know, there's always a risk with, you know, rookie tight ends, as we mentioned. Number five, we have the Bengals taking uh, Joe Burrow's former teammate, Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. First mistake of the draft. Yeah, I, we, I think we called this out yeah. weeks ahead. Like, we, we've had this for a week. We, we both believe Panay Sewell should have been there. End of the day, I mean, this is just negative across the board for everyone in fantasy. Yeah. Joe Burrow. Went down in value now. Uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, both mm-hmm. went down. Jamar Chase, not the best landing spot, yeah. went down. I mean, Chase, generational talent. He was the number one when Justin Jefferson was out at LSU, mm-hmm. and Justin Jefferson's already proven to be an elite player. So Chase has, like, all the cards to succeed, except for the fact that he plays for the Bengals, and Joe yeah. Burrow's going to get hurt several times. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know if Burrow's going to get hurt. I think there might be an overhype on, like, how bad their O-line is, but it's bad. I mean, Riley Reef is starting for them, yeah. and he's not even good enough to be on the Vikings anymore. Yeah. Like, the Vikings have a terrible O-line. It's, he's not a solution. They they should have gone tackle. I did see somewhere, though, that, like, someone who was arguing against the tackle was like, who do the Bengals have for tackles? Someone was saying that the Bengals really need a guard. But Jonah Williams and Riley Reef. I mean, oh. Jonah Williams mm-hmm. injured his rookie year, missed the entire rookie year. Injury concerns, that's not good. Yeah. And Riley Reef, terrible. Just bad. He's not good. He yeah, shouldn't be so a starter. They, they should have taken a tackle. I don't Someone was trying to argue that like they need a guard They do need a guard. Tackle. They also need a tackle. But they need, they, need, okay. they need both. I don't think right. Even if... Even if Riley Reef and Jonah Williams are good enough, mm-hmm. Williams has injury concerns, and like one injury, you played th- th- some of the best pass rushers in the entire division 
just yeah. like six times a year. Yeah, like especially we were, we were talking about you know, the Browns now loaded up with Clowney and Miles Garrett. I mean, yeah. that's not exactly the most friendly uh, D line to be looking. The up entire against. Ravens front seven. Yeah, and then like also T.J. Watt for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers are also not, like, you know, a sleeping week over there. The Steelers literally sacked everyone at least once <laughs> in all game. They have the record for most sacks, consecutive sacks per game. It's just, mm-hmm. like, you don't want a bad O-line in that division. Yeah, so, so summary, we believe should have taken Panay well. You know, they needed the offensive line help. Jamar Chase complicates the wide receiver room even more than it already is. It's tough to look at those wide receivers now because they got three wide receivers in there that are competing now. And hurts Tyler Boyd the most, I'd say. It hurts him the most, oh, yep. I think it, it will hurt him the most, but it's not good for anyone. Yeah, not good for any of them. Uh, and also, Jerbro not getting offensive line help, never a good thing. Got to be worried about there, about injuries. Yeah. Or just a lot, if you're getting sacked, you're not throwing passes. I think that's common sense right there. And if you're hurt, you're not throwing passes. Yeah, you're also not throwing not throwing passes from the hospital bed. All right, number six, the Dolphins taking Jalen Waddle from Alabama. Yeah, no, Jalen Waddle, uh, interesting player because they could have had Sewell, which probably should have taken him, mm-hmm. seeing as Waddle is now going to be the wide receiver number three, and as Devontae Parker continues to just choke. But end of the day... I mean, Waddle was not needed here. They could have had Sewell. They should have had Sewell. Mm-hmm. I get the pick. You want Tua to excel. And O-line's not that bad. They don't have to worry about pass rush as much. So I understand it. It's not a bad pick. But I don't like it for fantasy value because Waddle, best case scenario, is the number three behind Fuller and also Parker. Mm-hmm. And even Gasicki's in that lineup, too, you yep. have to worry about. Yep. Like, there are plenty of threats, and Waddle is, once again, just making another crowded receiver room even more complicated. Mm-hmm. I just don't like any of them now, really. I'm saying, like, Waddle had minimal fantasy value coming in. Most rookies do, right? It's hard for them to have fantasy value. He's just a spoiler, almost. The fact that he is in there is just taking away from the receivers that are already on the team. It's not like that his fantasy value is dropping. It's just he's... He's a, like a negative for everyone else in that wide receiver room. Yeah. Is the issue. He's just one other person that they throw the ball to. Also, I understand. I think there was such a highlight on young QBs, you know, getting with their college like teammates. I don't like, get that. Back-to-back picks. I don't, I don't know why. I don't. I don't. Do you think maybe some, I saw, it's like people were thinking like, do you think the Rose rookie QBs got a say? I was like, I don't think so. I don't. Think, I don't think the GM's like listening to uh, yeah, Joe Burrow and Tua talking about like, "Yo, get me my homie from college." I would not. Yeah, I wouldn't I think would so. Say but it's like I don't. I don't understand the framing of that. I get like, it if they're elite, but like Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. not there yet. Tua, definitely not there yet. I don't. If they had proven themselves, like if they were more like like obviously Patrick Mahomes, like yeah. he's the at, at the young proven to go like Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Watson, even like Justin Herbert's proven himself enough, I would say, even though he's still young. He didn't say anything either. Though. Well, I know, but I'm but, saying like yeah. they're they haven't they're young, yes, yeah. but they haven't proven themselves to be like you know franchise QBs yet. They yeah. both had their struggles early on, and yeah. I don't know, I don't maybe having a familiar wide receiver helps them. I wouldn't listen to a rookie quarterback until they get their second. I wouldn't listen to any quarterback until they get their second contract. I'll just say. Because, yeah. like, you're not guaranteed to be on the That's team. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. So. But I, I doubt they're listening to him. I just think it's a weird coincidence on back-to-back picks getting their 
college teammates as wide receivers. Yeah. Which I hope that wasn't in the decision process because I don't think that should be a really relevant thing. Tua wouldn't have even been saying anything mm-hmm. seeing as Waddle was talking about how he liked playing with Max. I, I did see that. <laughs> so I don't think Tua's exactly that happy. And I'll, I think Waddles might have to take his words back now that he's walking over to Miami. You can just use the excuse he wanted Mac Jones to get better draft selection. Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> he's doing it for the team. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's an interesting thing that happened that I don't exactly understand all the way. And then another seven pick we talked about before, Panay Sewell going to the Lions. A quick, you know, uh, quick look at Penny Sewell. We're not going to spend too much time on the O-line. But, you know, he fell two picks farther than he should have. And uh, because of that, he's now with the Lions. Not a, it's obviously an upgrade for players like Jared Goff, but the Lions don't have any real fantasy-relevant players. I mean, DeAndre Swift, I would like to see him succeed, and this helps, but... For the most part, uh, this pick's not going to make much of an impact because the Lions don't have much of an impact. Yeah, I mean, we obviously think he should have been drafted higher, and I think the Lions got a, a value pick here because he was basically two picks below what we believed he should be picked at. But for fantasy relevance, helps Jared Goff, even though we mentioned we think Jared Goff is going to struggle because he's a downgrade for Matt Stafford. Helps Deontay, Deontay Swift, but once again... As Jason said, you know, Lions, not a lot of really fantasy relevance there. Panay all we think, great player, but, you know, not a lot of people can help out. So we have uh, eight and nine picks for both cornerbacks. J.C. Horn to the Panthers, Pat Sutain to the Broncos. We're really only going to focus on the offensive players here. So we'll slide down to uh, number 10, Devontae Smith to the Eagles. Yeah, no, this is one of the, you know, more interesting picks because the Eagles it's a nice are... adjective. I think, I do, mean, do we talk about I'm not this against it. I, I mean, we I've, talked about how they... Everyone's like talk, saying, just being negative on Smith because he's 166 pounds, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not against the pick. It's more so the Eagles I'm kind of against. Just because Jalen Hurts gets his points as a rushing quarterback more than a passing quarterback. Yeah. And Devonta Smith, a receiver. Not exactly the best quarterback to have. But he's automatically the number one in the offense. That's so, the thing. Like, what does this mean for Jalen Rager? Like, does that mean they just believe Jalen Rager was a swing and a miss? No, it's just that you know they know that only one good, re- only one receiver is not going to be enough when Rager's mm-hmm. not at that level. He can't carry. I think you know they realize we're going to need help, and you know Smith is hopefully going to be their help. Yeah. So, uh, how do we feel about Devontae Smith's fantasy relevance if we believe he's the number one in the offense? Uh. That more so depends on how you feel about Jalen Hurts more than anything yep. else. If you think Hurts is going to succeed, which I think in the NFL he won't. Fantasy-wise, I'll think he's he's a good player. Mm-hmm. But NFL-wise, I'm against him, so I'm going to put Smith lower. But out of all the rookie receivers, Smith is number one right now. Yeah, he's the only one that has... Yeah. He hasn't solidified himself, but he is the opportunity to become the number one target on the team, receiving-wise. He's... Which is a good situation to be in, but the QB play hurts him with, you know, the rushing rushing QB. I still think Godot could probably be taking more targets, mm-hmm. but yep. Smith none, nonetheless will be high-volume target and yeah. has the opportunity to succeed. I, w- I would agree with that. Number 11, the Bears trading up to pick their QB, Justin Fields. This one, I mean, I love the pick for the Bears, but I wasn't too happy about it myself, mm-hmm. just on a personal standpoint. <laughs> 
the frustration was seeping in for you. Yeah, I think Justin Fields, I mean, great player. He was, he was supposed to be the number two quarterback at the beginning of the offseason, then just played good in his pro day and fell down to 11. Because that's uh, how it works. Yeah. That is just the way it goes. Something about him, NFL scouts all agreed, wasn't good. Don't know mm-hmm. what that was. Didn't really see it. That made the other quarterbacks better. But he's here with the Bears, and honestly, great news for all of them. Like Allen Robinson back in wide receiver one contention. Yeah. And uh, even Darnell Mooney. Like, he could sneak into wide receiver two category. Not a name most people will recognize, but he was, his quarterback play really just killed him last season. He mm-hmm. could re- He's already proven to be a, one of the best route runners in the league especially against players like there was one play he burnt Jalen Ramsey and then overthrown from Nick Foles. I think it was no one saw that play because of it Mm would have like, it's like that type of thing. You need a quarterback like Justin Fields. They have a chance now to actually have relevance in fantasy once again with this pick. Yeah. I would just like to hold a moment of silence for Andy Dalton. Mm, QB one. I think we should, he was told he would be going to be a starting QB and he was backstabbed by the Bears. So I think we're just going to have a little three-second moment of silence starting now. Thank you. Just... Paid him $10 million, oh, okay. by the well, way. Um, they cut Kyle Fuller he for was Andy lied Dalton. To. He was lied to. They he was deceived. Kyle... They cut Kyle He was Fuller told he was a QB1. And then they backstabbed him. and take just... He is as mad as Aaron Rodgers is right now. They cut an all-pro cornerback <laughs> to sign a backup quarterback. He was QB1. And but he now he's a to. backup. He was played. He was played by them, Jason. They got rid of Kyle Fuller mm-hmm. for Andy Dalton. I don't care. They are still a joke of a franchise. They're just trying to make up for Jason, their mistakes. His hair matched the team colors, Jason. He's the perfect <laughs> PR guy. I'm upset. I actually don't care much for Andy Dalton. I just think he got played. I'm upset for Kyle Fuller. <laughs> actually, I'm not upset. He's in a better situation now. <laughs> Good for the Bears him. is not a bad thing. Okay. Sorry, just had to hold a moment for Andy Dalton. He was he was lied to and deceived. Number 12, Cowboys taking Micah Parsons, who's a linebacker from Penn State. Fun fact about pick number 12. It uh-huh. was traded the most out of any first-round draft pick this year. Is that four? Yeah. I see you guys. Started with the 49ers, went to Miami, Philadelphia, and then Dallas. That they moved around, traveled around. Yeah, it's been around. It knows a few things. Number thirteen. Oh, oh yeah. No, hang on. We're not talking about defense. My bad. Yeah, apologies. Sorry about that. Unless anyone cares too much about Micah Parsons, he's not going to make an impact though. Okay. You just wanted to roast him. You just like, well, oh, no. let me just butt in. I was to, just like, saying because Leighton and Jalen Smith are already there. He's the number. He's mm-hmm. the third linebacker. I was just yeah. like, that doesn't make sense. But yeah, no. Number thirteen, the Chargers taking Rashawn Slater. Another mm-hmm. offensive tackle. The player the Giants should have taken at 11, but instead decided to trade back with the Bears for. And the Giants messed up later on. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slater, I mean, exactly what the Chargers need. That offensive line is now, you know, went from being bad to legitimately good this year with, you know, Corey Lindsley and Slater. Justin Herbert, he's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. And just that's a boost for all Chargers players who... I am very high on everyone on the Chargers this year. Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Justin Herbert. Love all three of them. Yep. This is just another good pick for everyone. Like, nothing but be- This player, Slade is perfect across the board. A-plus pick. Oh. A-plus pick. A rare A-plus pick coming from Jason. Uh, I think that's solid. 
I mean, I, I always, I don't ever see the negative taking O-line. I feel like O-line always gets overlooked. Like, if you're a fan, you're watching the draft, you're like, you're all excited about the skill players and your team picks O-line, you might be a little upset, but O-line's always solid. I don't think there's any team, well, maybe I gotta think about this, but yeah, I don't think there's any team that wouldn't need another good O-lineman. Never you can never life. have too many good O-linemen. Yeah. And I think they're just overlooked because they're not skill players, they're not flat, flashy for the fans. But I think the O-lineman always solidifies. There's no negatives that are ever taking O-lineman. Unless you're passing up on, like, you know, some generational skill player that you really need. Nope. Still take O-lineman. We're yeah. not supporting the Bengals' decision. <laughs> well, well, no, no. But, like, I said that you really need. Like, that's oh, he's yeah. going to be their third wide okay. receiver. I mean, like, if you have no running backs and you need a star running back, that's it. But otherwise, never negative nope, taking Nope, we're not supporting the Steelers' decisions oh, okay. here. Well, Should have drafted O-line instead of running back. We'll get to um, that I'm later. Just, just gonna move on. Just gonna move on. Number fourteen, the Jets taking guard from USC, Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, another good pick by the Jets. Interesting enough. Ooh. I mean, Jets have not jets themselves yeah, so far. They needed guard, arguably the most out of any position, and well, actually quarterback. I was talking about before when mm-hmm. they still had Sam Darnold, but yeah, no, definitely needed guard the most, and they got a guard like. There, Mackay Becton is a great player at the tackle. Tackle positions are fine. Guard, not fine. That was their biggest weakness. And they're just filling in. I mean, their biggest need at this point would have been edge from here on out, but Vera Tucker is another, just, I've already said it with Slater, you just want O-lineman to keep everyone positive. He gives the Jets a chance to, you know, have some good players this year. Yeah. Once again, never really a negative to taking O-lineman. Always good to have Solid options there to slide in. If there's an injury, you know, you can always shuffle around the line. I think always a great idea to have some more good O-linemen on your team. And at number fifth, the Patriots taking the next Tom Brady, potentially. (laughs) Mac Jones sliding in from Alabama. His name is the same length, first and last, so that's the sign. I mean, he also has the same build as Tom Brady. Okay, well. A bit more fat, but yeah. yeah. He's actually more out of shape than Tom Brady was, so. Hey, don't be trashing on Tom Brady. I still like to mention Tom Brady's three-cone drill better than DK Metcalf. I'll say that every time. (laughs) But, I mean, Mac Jones won't do anything this year. Perfect scheme for him to go to for the Patriots, but end of the day, he's just going to be redshirted the entire season. So, I mean, nothing really to talk about. I think it's always I always find it interesting that like Nick Saban to Bill Belichick pipeline almost that just like for some reason Bill Belichick and Nick Saban since they were so close I think they used to coach together right yeah I mean they run the same schemes yeah. so, so they always it always seems like the Alabama players always fit nicely in they go wherever Belichick's coaching at yeah, and I, I think that's it. I think Mac Jones should be able to fit in well he's I not going to do anything this year but yeah yeah it, it I mean, makes eventually sense. obviously not this year the scheme is perfect for him but. I'd be interested. I assume he has to be second. I feel like he's got to be above Stidham. But I mean, what? As if. What? Stidham's elite. <laughs> Stidham did not really slim. prove himself in the few games that he played. But I think Mike Jones, hopefully in the coming years, obviously Jason said this year, I expect Cam to be the starter. I don't think Mac Jones is really going to play much. But he could slide in. You never know. If Cam's struggling or, like, you know, if they want to somehow change the offense away from a rusher like Cam, Mac Jones would be the second guy, I think, to slide in there. Yeah, makes sense. Number 16 in the Cardinals take linebacker Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. Bad pick. Next. Just bad pick? 
Well, we're not talking about defense. Yeah, I know, I know. Just, just, just throw it in. Bad pick? Okay. Just wanted to mention. Not needed. All right, number 17. The Las Vegas Raiders taking Alex Leatherwood from Bama. Yeah. I mean, right idea. Uh, bad execution. Oh. They needed O-line help. They didn't get it. Really? No, no. Is is Leatherwood not the man? He's a second-round talent being drafted at 17. So, oh. yeah, no, they should have. If they were smart, they would have gone with uh, Christian Derisaw. But I, I do see his name on the list a couple uh, he, picks down here. He is. Uh, so they did just obviously mess up, and another team I took advantage of I do believe he did mess up, yes. but uh, Or the, maybe they saw something in Mr. Alex. That none, none, just none like they did. saw something in Cleveland Farrell at uh, number four. Yeah. yeah uh, okay. Don't well, like the pick. Yeah, no, Jason is anti. Not the worst pick in the first round somehow, but... Well, he had the, there was a lot of competition for the worst pick in the first round. <laughs> there so. is. But once again, no O lineman is bad. Just could have picked a better one. Let's yes. be honest here. Could have. He's not. He's a second round talent. It's just you took him too early. They, yeah, they could have waited easily. If on, they waited, I, I wouldn't have hated it. Wait, like, let, you, let me scroll down here. Actually, I want to see. I want to see where their pick was in the. You could have traded back in the first round, and it would have been like, ah, oh, genius move. You traded mm-hmm. back and got the player you wanted. But no, I don't know why why they didn't do that. So they picked in the eleventh pick of the second round. There's a high chance he could have been there, yeah. That's what I'm looking at. There was probably a good chance he's still there, you know? Or you could have traded up using, like, a fifth-round pick to go up, like, three spots and got him. Yeah, you really it's pretty to. cheap to move up in the second round, usually, you know? But, yeah, no. I feel like could have been better. Okay. Uh, number 18, we have the Dolphins taking an edge rusher, Jalen Phillips from Miami. Solid pick. So- solid, solid pick. Okay. Solid pick. Okay. I like it. I like it. Number 19, we have the the Washington football team taking, is this Jamin or? Jamin, yeah. Jamin. Okay, Jamin Davis. So I apologize to Mr. Davis if he's listening in because I know he is. He's a linebacker from Kentucky. I know why you don't know how to say his name. Shouldn't have been a first-round talent. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, uh, see, it just, what, what round are you saying? The other guy was a second round. Third. Third? Yeah. Okay. So worse. So pick. worse. So worse. Yeah. Okay. But okay. linebacker is uh, not as deep, so it's true. okay to reach on that. That's a, that is a cut. That Just is not true. all that, not that, that far. That's true. Okay. Well, the football team a little bit of a miss there, but you know. <laughs> Wait, what are you laughing about? Uh, this pick is, twenty. Is this your? The, this is what you mentioned. The Giants messed up earlier. Oh yeah, big time. Okay. Well, the New York Football Giants at number twenty taking Kadarius Tony, who is a wide receiver from Florida. I would argue this is the uh, worst pick. This is the worst one? In the first round. I, I was waiting to find out which Even one was the worst. Even with 25 down there. I still think. I, 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 I knew about 25. I, I didn't pay much attention to 20, though. But you, I think Darius Tony could be the worst pick in the first round. Okay. There's nothing positive about him other than he can run a Let, streak. Let's start with this. He's not a first-round talent in your eyes? Not even close. What what round are we projecting here? I would say a third-round pick's a third reach. Third round. Okay. Would be a reach. Okay. okay. So we're talking third, fourth. Yes. Okay. Uh, did the Giants need a wide receiver? No. No. He's their wide receiver <laughs> four at best. That's what I was thinking. They did not need a wide receiver. They reached two to three rounds earlier on a position they did not need. Yes. I don't know why Tony was so highly rated by most people. Like, this is, it's, you know, controversial for some reason, but he's uh-huh. terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, two years ago, he finished as the wide receiver 11 in terms of total yards. On his own team. 
Oh, I thought you were about to say in all yeah, college no. football. <laughs> nope, <laughs> on his own team. Okay. So two years ago. Two years ago. Absolutely terrible. Has he improved maybe he did top 10 on his own team? In terms of receiving yards, mm-hmm. 13th in the league. So big improvement. In the SEC? Yes. Okay. Big improvement. That's not bad. But That's not bad. to consider wide receivers, he was doing that at the age of like 21.7. And <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Well, Twenty one point seven. So he was almost twenty two. Yes, he he's born in January, so he was basically okay. twenty two. I got you. And college football, the elite players break out. Besides Tyreek Hill, for some reason, he's he's uh-huh. the anomaly. Okay. Every elite player breaks out before the age of twenty, and he's doing it at almost twenty two. He's not going to be elite. So yeah, so he's he's later on. And also, he's a late I mean, bloomer. Maybe. No, he's leave. just not good. He's just uh, he's just phys- well, he's physically more talented. He's going up against a bunch of eighteen-year-olds, and like it took him until twenty-two basically to be better. Than them. He is going to be facing grown men in the NFL. Yes, that now he's true. playing people who are, if not as good, more physically developed than him. Okay. For the first time, and for the first time since he's broke out. So I guess maybe maybe let's move away from the Kadarius Tony slander, or not even, and the giant slander. Does this actually affect any of the Giants receivers? No. So no. he's so low down there, you don't think this actually matters? Well, it's going to affect Darius Slayton because he's going to compete for the second outside role yep. with Slayton. But end of the day, he's... Kenny Galladay's chilling. Yeah. He's big chilling. He's basically, I'm going to call him John Ross 2.0 because he can only run streak routes. <sighs> and fun fact about John Ross is he's on the Giants. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I knew John Ross ran the fast 40 time. He, Tony's just I a knew slower he was from Washington. John Ross, yeah. And then he disappeared from my mind. I think he got selected by the Bengals, right? Yeah, he was 10th pick, and now yeah, he's on the Yeah, I knew him from the draft, and I have not heard anything about him since. But yeah, Tony. Mm-hmm. Mr. Tony. It's just a slower John Ross. All he can do is run streak routes. Everything else he's bad at. He can't run routes. Can't, can't <laughs> Like, for his entire college season last year, he mm-hmm. caught zero corner routes. Oh. Yes. That, that's pretty bad. Now, did he get targeted? He just didn't catch him? Yeah, this was on the only on targets, yep. not just every time he ran around. Oh, okay. Only when he got the ball thrown to him, he caught zero percent. That's, so, that's not yeah. good. Usually not good. Okay, well, he's got. So Jason has deemed this the worst pick in the first round. Yes. If anyone was wondering, and has really only negatively affects Darius Slayton. If you're looking at him, Jason believes Kenny Galladay is going to be fine because he's just trashing on Kadarius Tony so much that I he won't actually matter. Oh, he hates Tony. At this point, yeah. It is personal. <laughs> I don't like Tony. the selection. Mr. Tony, watch out when Jason comes bustling down the road, okay? Yeah. You're going to catch his hands. Are you mad at Tony, or are you mad at the, the Giants? Sele- I'm mad at the selection. the selection. I'm also mad that he's so overrated. Mm. So you just fight every media outlet that's hyping him up. You go into the Giants' yeah. office, you knock out everyone in the draft board. He was the fourth receiver taken. Mm-hmm. Should have been 10th. Yeah, but... So that's the lineup there. It's, uh, that sim- sums it up. Kadarius Tomey was a bad pick. Yes. Thank you. And we had a long-winded story that we needed to explain about how bad he well, was. Well, I got to because people liked him. He, people mm-hmm. were saying he's top five. He's not. No. Not top five. Barely okay. top ten, if that. So number 21. The yes. Indianapolis Col- Colts taking Kowiti Pay. Is that how you say his name? Apologies. Yeah. No. Kowiti yeah. Pay? That's fine. Close enough. How do you actually say it? I think it's pain. Pain. Pain, yeah. Quitty pain. Did I get that first time right? Quitty? Yes. Oh, I got that. Okay, Mr. Pain, I apologize. Solid pick, though. Uh, oh, yeah, solid pick. A good pick. Edge rusher from Michigan. 
One of the better edge rushers. Got him late in the Colts. draft. Good, good, good choice. Good Colts do that a lot. Number 22, Tennessee Titans taking Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. Impressive because, you know, mm-hmm. Titans, not the best uh, GM management this offseason. Okay. They got a steal here, though. They got a steal. Yeah, should have oh, been earlier. Okay. I feel like okay. he should have gone 15th-ish, or 16, I mean, to the I like Cardinals, that. I think, is where like he should have gone. Okay. That's good. Yeah, they got him at 22. Should have been 16. Vibe. Positive vibes, okay. No, a real steal, actually, yeah. though. <laughs> Looking back at the Raiders pick a little bit over there. Uh, number 23, the Vikings getting Christian Derrissaw, who's a tackle from Virginia. Offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Yeah, no. Uh we Finally. believe are we saying he should have been seventeen? Oh, he should have been yeah, no, at the latest seventeen. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of teams, any team that needed offensive help could have taken him. Like, I don't know, maybe uh the Giants could have taken him if they didn't want Slater. Yeah. They should have taken Slater, but True. they messed up. That is even if they wanted to trade back, could have gotten Derisaw. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Uh but Derisaw, you know, uh top three tackle in the class, taken nice. fourth tackle off the board. Steel. We saw who messed up there. Uh, he's, you know, finally going to be a step in the right direction for the Vikings. They're basically replacing Riley Reef, but as an upgraded player because he's actually good, unlike Riley Reef. So that's just, uh, once again, nothing but positivity because O-line does nothing but positive things for an entire offense. That's true. There's never a bad sign for an O-line. Any position you play, O-line helps you. It's really that simple. Yeah. So, it's going to help out. We think this helps uh, protect the human question mark himself. Yeah. Definitely helps Dalvin <laughs> Cook. If Alexander Madison is for, yeah. whatever, for whatever reason starting again and you want him, he might even, you know, produce this time. He kind of failed last time. He's got a chance this time. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. But, that's guys, a good pick by the Vikings. We think he benefit. they benefit a lot from the teams above him messing up. Yeah, our analysis. They here. traded back for the player, and they still got the player they wanted. Yeah, that's like Smart move. a steal across the board. My Celtics regard. analogy comes in again. Yeah, Jason Tatum instead of uh, it was Lonzo Ball or something, or Markel Fultz back in the day. Here we go, number twenty-four, the pick we saw coming but didn't want to happen, the Steelers taking Najee Harris, running back from Alabama. Yeah, I mean it's. It's this simple. Back when Le'Veon Bell was holding out, James Conner stepped in, played great, everyone loved him, the offensive line was elite. Mm -hmm. As time's gone on, offensive line, falling apart, James Conner played bad. I'm not sure if you're noticing a correlation here, but as the offensive line has gone from elite to terrible, the running back situation has gotten worse. Ooh. And now... Maybe it's not really on the running backs. Alejandro Villanueva and Marquise Pouncey both gone from the offensive line, mm-hmm. two out of their five starters. Their solution to that is to Ooh. draft a running back. So instead of replacing the alignment, let's draft another running back. Yeah, no, bad pick. I mean, drafting a running back first round, automatically a bad pick. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to solve your run game, that the biggest problem is the offensive line for your run game, and you draft a running back, Yeah, that just says it for you. Shouldn't have done it. How do we feel about him splitting time with uh, McFarland for fantasy relevance? He's, he's a work, work Is he going to be the number one? Hundred percent. Okay. No competition, but how, now what about fantasy value for Najee Harris? How are we feeling? He, draft drafting him is a good decision, but mm-hmm. there's a chance he might not be a running back too, just because 
they're so pass heavy and like the running situation he's not going to get many running lanes that is that is very so he could be in a he's in a horrible offense with Mm -hmm. a terrible offensive line for running back purposes yeah he might not even be a running back too even though he's the best rookie running back in the class which if that happens well then that's tough for him yeah i would draft him definitely i would say just because he's in such a bad situation though wouldn't draft him to be a starter. I would say seventh round earliest if you wanted to go with him. Mm-hmm. All right. And now we have, I mean, I saw this one coming. Disappointing. I one, saw right? 25 coming. I had this one marked off. Jason might just explode at them right now. The Jags, Jags. Yeah. The Jaguars did what we knew they were going to do, and they made a horrible draft pick. I was so excited for James Robinson falling all the way to the third round in fantasy drafts, and then they go and do this to him. The Jacksonville Jaguars, with the 25th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, took Travis Etienne in, running ETN. back. What is his name? Etienne. Etienne. Oh, my bad. I thought I knew I thought I knew it, too. That was the issue. Mm. Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson. Good running back. Yeah. Not needed on the team. Yeah, He's no. a great running back. From I've seen, I've watched him play one game in college. Okay. The only game I watched, and he was great. Yeah. And he was explosive. Uh, and he tore up the BC defense, and I was not very happy. But. But yeah, no. He's great. He, Issue is, they don't need a running back. The fact that he is great is why this pick is not the worst in the first round. So yeah, I mean that's that it is probably good. the most brain dead pick yes but the fact that he's good makes it a little bit better yeah for sure yeah it's like, it's a pretty stupid pick i don't know around. what's gonna do what, what's gonna happen there though i mean i don't know who's gonna take who's gonna be in charge because like james mm-hmm. robinson's already ran one first round talent and Leonard Fournette out of town i mean obviously new coaching staff probably gonna want to stick with etn but like nothing's guaranteed yeah mm-hmm. i mean that is questionable if robinson's better end of the day robinson's gonna start and robinson as we've seen is quite a good running back so he's just a tad good just a, just a little bit just a just yeah. a little sprinkle of good on top of him a running back one maybe is a solid player to have i don't know what they're gonna do though yeah. how far do we think this drops him down uh well i mean both robinson and etn are knocked out of top five contention mm-hmm. and honestly I don't know who's going to be in charge. I'm saying you're not going to find out until August. Anything. It's going to be late. It's yeah. going to be late into the There's a chance the you might not even know who to pick by the time of your draft if you have an early draft. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is just... Bad news. I don't know what to Overall, say here. Don't like news. it. <laughs> Doesn't affect anyone else, though, for the most part. Just cause, yeah, like, it's really just a running backs thing. Yeah, no. doesn't affect their passing. They're running at all. back. Robinson's already so good. The receivers aren't going to be hurt by this pick. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have the Browns with the twenty-sixth pick, taking Greg Newsom the second. Great pick. Cornerback from Northwestern. Great pick. Great pick. Great pick. At twenty-seven, the Baltimore Ravens drafting Rashawn Bateman, a wide receiver from Rashad. Minnesota. Rashad. Yes. I, I'm. It, it, it is an O D, not an A N. <laughs> I I uh, missed that one. I'm a little, a little hazy at the end, you know. It, it's, been it was, long, it's been a long day. It's been a long it's, day. You know, just like it's been a long time since the Ravens have had a wide receiver. So. Oh, look at that segue. See, I set you up there. Yeah. I set you up there, obviously. They finally did it. And unlike Marquise Brown, he's, you know, a big 6'2 wide receiver. 
-hmm. Wait, is, I think he's 6'2", might be 6'3". He's nonetheless really good. Going to be a hopefully helpful Force. solution for the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, nothing's guaranteed, of course, but I think he has a chance to compete with Devonta Smith for the most impactful rookie wide receiver. And honestly, with how bad these rookies have, with the bad situations these rookies are in, the receivers are probably going to be more impactful than the running backs at this point. Okay. So he could be the most impactful rookie out of anyone. Mm -hmm. Rashad Bateman is 6'2". Yes, okay, I got that just right. To, just to help you out. Okay, good. Glad I got that right. Yeah, I mean, we, we mentioned the Ravens needed a wide receiver this whole time. Mm -hmm. And I guess we were looking in free agency for them to get one, and the draft's the way they went for it. I think he has good value. How do you think he fits into their offense as, like, you know, amount of targets you're going to receive? Well, end of the day, he's going immediately into the number two slot. Mm -hmm. And with Marquise Brown, probably could fight for the number one spot. So at the end of the day, I would say guaranteeing 70 targets, barring injury, of course. Yep. And 70 targets is if he's struggling for his entire rookie year. I could see him push for 100 targets if he does do good to break out, possibly, as a true number one. Of Sounds course, good. Mark Andrews, I expect, will be leading the team in targets no matter what. But Bateman, if he does you know, succeed, will be the number two right behind him. I, I think that is a great place for him to slide in there. Yeah, no. Not going to lie. That's great. Always the issue of you know Lamar being a rush-fish quarterback. But, I mean, still out of anywhere. Being the number one wide receiver on the team, you know, besides Mark Andrews, I think that's a great way, great place for him to find himself his rookie season. And number 28, the Saints picking Peyton Turner, who's Ooh. a defensive end from Houston. And Jason does not like it. No. No? Just just don't like it? Reached. Reached? Slightly. Okay. Slightly reached. Just slightly reached. Okay. Baby not, needs not too to bad. fill. That is, that is true. The Saints had quite a couple holes to fill. And D-end wasn't, you know, the biggest of their issues. Number 29, the Green Bay Packers taking Eric Stokes. Once again, reached. Quarterback from Georgia. Get away. That's okay. Number 30, the Buffalo Bills taking Greg Rousseau? Rousseau, yeah. Rousseau, yeah. Rousseau. Rousseau. Who's a edge threat from Miami. Great pick. Great pick. Great pick. Oh, okay. Exactly what they needed. Ed Drusher, they got a good one. Yeah, they got Greg. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they did. Yeah, they got Greg. Great pick, though. That's it's very. Really, they got who they needed. They filled the biggest hole on their defense. Now, is this more of a value pick? Was he expected to go higher? Oh or yeah. Is it just he, the the need fit was so good. Both, both. should have gone higher and mm -hmm. biggest need. That's good. So great that, for the Bills. Great pick. Okay. Number thirty-one, the Baltimore Ravens drafting Odafe away. What? Jason away. I got Odafe. Oh, on the NFL site, it says Odafe. Is that like his, maybe his, maybe he oh, goes by Jason? I was going to say Jason. So o you've only heard of Jason? I've, Jason Owe, I was really thrown off when he said Odafe there. Yeah, I mean, this says Odafe. But yeah, right. when I click on it, it does say Jason. I don't okay. That's maybe Odafe is like a middle name. I bet you Odafe is like his birth name, and then yeah. he just goes by Jason, would be my guess. Well, yeah, no, Jason Owe, though. Another great pick, uh, need based and value mm -hmm. pick, because Edge. Quite a big need. Yeah. And, and they did lose their edge threat this yeah. offseason, so it was a nice way for them to fill and, in. And uh, he should have gone earlier, so good pick. Yeah, good pick. Great pick. Great pick. Even though golf clap. Golf, golf clap. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay. 
The last pick of the first round, Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Joe Tryon, edge threat from University of Washington. I mean, they don't really have any holes on that team. Don't um, really know what to say. They did bring back all 22 starters. I don't, yeah, I can't really say it's a bad pick, but they, because they have no needs, is it really that good of a pick? But like, what's his, what's his, the Joe, Mr. Joe's personal value? Was he a first uh, round pick? No, I don't, kind of surprised, but end of the day. To be honest, I did not know his name. They could have done anything here, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. They're just, just throwing, they're rolling the dice out, you know, just, yeah. just reaching out, taking a player. I would I would have thought ETN would have gone here, but he went a bit earlier. So I that mean, would also been my idea. I feel like they would have just taken him just to, you know, stack yeah. that running back room a little bit more and make it even worse. I guess the only benefit of that is it doesn't crowd the Buccaneers' offense even more than it already is. That could Yay. be a positive. It's not worse than it already is, which I guess is something. So what do we want to do now? It's the end of the first round. Do we have a you have a couple second round people, third yeah, rounds you want to talk gonna, about? Not we're not going to talk about everyone, everyone but, but there are some names. The first player, of course, being the Jets' second pick, Ooh. Elijah Moore, wide receiver. Another uh, great pick. Great pick. Great pick. I, the Jets. Jets. Yeah. What is with two the for Jets? Three. Okay. Three for three. They got all three yeah. players so far. Yeah. No. They're doing okay. good. Well, what is in the water in I, New York? I mean, I New know. Jersey, but you know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Elijah Moore, is, uh, he's a nice. He's on the shorter side, 5'9", mm-hmm. been in the slot basically his whole, whole career. But end of the day, I mean, Jamison Crowder and uh, Corey Davis on the outside already. Yeah. So he fills in perfectly. He's helping Zach Wilson out as much as they can, mm-hmm. getting that guard and another receiver. I mean, he's the best slot receiver in the draft. Yep. And now he's on the Jets, which might actually be a good thing. So We mentioned a couple weeks ago about how Corey Davis really needs to be the second threat on the offense in order to succeed. I do think that's true still. Do you think Elijah Moore being even more of a distraction in the offense benefits Corey Davis? I think it is a positive because just end of the day, they're going to have all these guys on the field and... Mm-hmm. One more distraction, like one less yeah. eye, one less pair of eyes on Corey Davis, just gonna help him. Yeah, I think that's another thing we mentioned. Yeah. Corey Davis is, has struggled as the number one option. I think the more distractions, the more the defense got to worry about, the better he is able to succeed. I see out what there. you did there with more distractions. That's I, a good one. I didn't do that, you. but I appreciate the the credit you're giving. Yeah, me. Yeah, you meant to do it. Oh wow, so <laughs> modest too. Yeah, you you know me. I mean, just just the pun masters, what they call me. Yeah. But, uh, okay, that's a great pick by the Jets, and I think it helps out Corey Davis's value. And uh, then we have the next pick being right oh, after. I was, was going to mention, I did, yeah, I did eye him a little bit. The trade-up from Denver to select Javonta Williams mm-hmm. uh, is something that happened. I don't know. Mm. Trading up for a running back, uh, I did not want them to do that. Melvin Gordon was poised to be a workhorse back once again, and now Javonta Williams is there. And it's bad. I think Williams this is, is going to... This is hurting Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I, I think... I would, I would assume. Williams most likely will be taking over as Melvin Gordon oh. isn't exactly elite. He would have been good because he would have had the backfield to himself, but mm-hmm. I expect Williams to be the one and Gordon still have a role there. That just hurts both of them, but yeah. end of the day, just another running back going to not best case scenario. So how do you feel about Williams' value? Obviously hurt because Melvin Gordon's there, but do you, th- you think he's draftable? 
I think he could end up being the best running back for fantasy value, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think, obviously, ETN, worst case scenario. Najee Harris, most intriguing, as he's a workhorse back, but (laughs) the offense is against him in terms of O-line and uh, play calling. So Williams, he's really, I think, going to succeed due to, like, Melvin Gordon falling off, basically. Yeah. That has will and Gordon's only here for one more year, so Williams will be taking over. That is true. If you're looking ahead a couple of years, I think Williams is going to be able to solidify himself. He, will, he hopefully will be the workhorse mm-hmm. next year. So if you have a keeper league, definitely look to Williams before you look to the other two, in yeah. my mind. He might struggle this first year, but next year, definite op- breakout opportunity for Williams. Okay. Any other players we uh, highlight later on? We do have number seven going all the way down to the Bears, taking Tevin Jenkins. Okay. And once again, helping their struggling O-line and rookie quarterback Justin Fields. I mean, Bears making a good pick. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many times we say it, O-line, O-line. always positive. Tevin yeah. Jenkins, potential first-round talent, fell all the way to the second. Got I like a good his pick. goggles he has in this photo here that I'm looking yeah. at. He looks pretty stylish with the goggles on yeah, no, it was a solid player to add. I mean, Jenkins is... He definitely wasn't exactly a steal. There are definitely players who shouldn't have been picked ahead of him, but mm-hmm. he's verge first-round talent. They got him 39. Good pick. Yeah. Probably where he could have gone, most people's eyes. I think probably should have gone a bit earlier, but I like it for the Bears. They're helping their young team. They're bringing that team to relevance for fantasy, possibly. They, Bunch of good choices so far. The Bears are helping themselves a little bit. They are. It's shocking. I mean, but they're, I'm liking it. They're making I'm good choices. I'm liking the new Bears. They're okay. They're making the right decisions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next player we would go to in the second round is down at pick number 45 by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, don't tell me the Jags made another good pick. They, had, they picked Walker Little, the offensive tackle, once okay. again. I mean, yeah. No, From he's, Stanford. Yeah, a big brain. Okay. But Walker Little, another player, not as good as, uh, of course, the previous selection. But Little, another player, could have been a first-round talent in some people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Not in my eyes, personally. I think he should have been early second. He fell to 45. They got him. Good discount price. Good decision because Greg Robinson, not exactly the best tackle to have. Walker Little. I mean, he's just going to be helping Trevor Lawrence that much more. If they didn't mess up with the Travis Etienne pick, I would be really excited for this pick for James Robinson. Yeah. But uh, they messed up they with did. the Travis Etienne so, pick. they so. did. So, uh, a little bit of a game. rebound here. Yeah. But the Travis Etienne L is a little bit too much. It is a lot worse. It is. This, it is a lot. A it's, it's hard to recover. It's it a bigger loss than this is positive. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, going on to our next player at mm-hmm. 46, right after. Oh, back the to Bengals back. Realize they messed up in the first round mm-hmm. and are selecting Jackson Carmen, the guard from Clemson. And, uh, you know, it might have been a bit of a reach, mm-hmm. but they do need guard. Tackle is a need. Guard is a bigger need. Yep. Jackson Carmen, he's going to fill in at that bigger need. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he can help... Make it so that, like, obviously, you've already got a lot of damage coming in. He's hopefully more than just a band-aid like Riley Reef is. Riley Reef just a band-aid, really. He's not going to be a solution. Hopefully, Carmen can turn into that solution. Mm-hmm. 
bit of a reach, so not perfect yeah. pick, but still good player. Yeah, I think I, that was what I was, I was trying to figure out earlier. Is I saw somewhere that someone was saying that the Bengals might not take uh, Panay Sewell first round because they believe the guard is a bigger hole for them to fill. I think they should have filled both. They, they, both holes. They easily should have. Actually, that would have been ideal. Their yes. line would have been looking a lot better with two new rookies sliding in. But I think that was the argument that like they were just going to wait on a guard. But I think this one guard is not going to solve the issue. Uh, it's not. They but need I isn't solving it either. Yeah, they People needed, they needed more help. Them. They needed more help in there. They did not get. Yeah, no. But our next player we will be going to is pick 49, Rondell okay. Moore. Oh, more Moors? Yeah. No. Okay. Arizona Cardinals. Now, now are they cousins? No. <laughs> okay. You never know. Hey, two Moors. I mean, they got the same last name. They could be related. This pick may not have been the best selection. Definitely not the best choice for the Cardinals. But good player. Uh, got him at a bit of a discounted price, for sure. At All the way at 49. So, it was a good selection in that value. But wide receiver for the Cardinals is... Uh, going to be interesting i think this is just a sign larry fitzgerald is going to retire but he's competing with aj green and christian kirk for the number two role if he wins it maybe he's relevant but that's a big if aj green most likely done at his point christian kirk hasn't broken out yet so he's got the opportunity to but i don't know if he will and if he doesn't ignore him mm-hmm. if he does t- turn out to be the number two He's going to be a good late-round late, late round value pick. I think he's just another example of more just complicating the wide receiver room once again here. But yeah. I feel like he has, he has a more legitimate chance. To, he, has, he has an easier road to fantasy relevance. It's say. complicated because none of them exactly have reached the next level. Well, A.J. Green has yeah. since lost that ability, and Kirk has not reached the next level. Mm-hmm. So if more comes out right away at that next level... That just immediately, you know, he's going to be number two. Yeah. Like, it's not like a bunch of lower players competing for one spot. Yeah. It's more of a, it's an easier way for him to reach that wide receiver two section. Yeah. And our next player we'll be going to is pick 51 in the Washington football team, Sam Cosme. I think he fell quite a far way down from where he should have been. I liked him as, uh, late late first rounder or like really early second and he's all the way down at 51 Mm. definitely think he should have been higher and i think this is perfect for the football team as tackle is arguably their biggest need you could you could say quarterback but at this point i guess they're sticking with fitzpatrick it's not gonna not going to be the best quarterback, but I do like him for fantasy value. He slides, 100%. In. He slides in well. Yeah, fantasy-wise, he's great. If you want to win NFL games, not so much. But Cosme, once again, just going to help that offensive line. I I do like it. I mean, as we said before, no O-line is bad. O-line only helps. Honorable mention to the Browns at pick 52, getting Jeremiah Obosu-Kermana. That's just a steal. He should have been a first-round pick, 100%. He's all the way at 52. Just wanted to mention, Browns are making great choices this Shout draft. Browns. The historically bad teams are kind of coming to play today. They are. The teams that I would usually usually think in your head, like they've they've been bad for a while, I mean, that could be a rebound. A little bit of a yeah. rebound. 
Uh, the last player we have in the second round will be going to Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver to Carolina. Okay. Which, I mean, it's going to be interesting because, you know, Robbie Anderson We have and already DJ talked about Moore, that, that Panthers wide receiver room. He's sliding in as the automatic number three, though. And we saw last year, although not the most value, Curtis Samuel had some t- games where he was good. Mm-hmm. Slight quarterback decrease. But if Marshall can turn into Curtis Samuel, there will be games where you could be like, oh, hey, I need a wide receiver, and he's going to be available in free agency. You might want him. If he doesn't break out, not surprising. But he's more so an honorable mention than anything else for fantasy on the fact Mm -hmm. that you're not going to draft him. He's not going to be a consistent starter. But there will be games where he would end up being starting caliber. And he's just someone you should look out for if you ever need wide receiver help, really. He's a good name to know. Yeah. Good name to look at, you know, on the waivers. Keep an eye on if you're ever struggling. Now, we move on to the third round. The first player I have to mention would, of course, be third pick in the third round. Pick 67, Houston Texans, quarterback Davis Mills. Okay. Now, this doesn't make a lot of sense for him being the first player... Because, you know, Davis Mills, he's going to be a backup. But he's backing up Tyrod Taylor, meaning he's almost guaranteed to be a franchise quarterback. Oh, my God. He's guaranteed to blow up. He's going to be good. He's going to be number four. Once he becomes a starter, guaranteed success, no Mm -hmm. matter what. It's just guaranteed because Tyrod Taylor is starting over him right now. That's just how it goes. I didn't think about that. Yeah, no, no one did. I just had to let people know. We Davis have the Mills. inside scoop. Davis Mills is going to be... All we need is the Houston team doctor to mess up a little bit, take Tyler Taylor out, and automatically Davis Mills is the next greatest QB of all time. Yeah, that's how it works. It's just consistency. It's it just works every time. Tyron Taylor is just the birthplace of QB talent. So just remember, be on the lookout. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills, Davis QB Mills. out of Stanford, going to be the next big thing. Yeah. Now, as we're going to be concluding the third round, we have a few more players. The next one, back to the Washington football team at 82, Diami Brown, wide receiver. Now, this guy is should have been second-round talent, fell far down into the third at pick 82, and I think he's going to step on the outside next to Terry McLaurin with Curtis Samuel most likely being in the slot. There's a chance he could break out. Curtis Samuel will be a slot receiver for the football team at this point. Brown lines up far side, <clears throat> uh, far side, and if Brown breaks out, then all of a sudden you got yourself a steal. If he doesn't, mm-hmm. he's going to be a late-round pick. There's no negatives. I think anyone should take Diami Brown, and you'd be getting a good discount just because it's another player late in the draft. No one's going to think to it. Draft for upside. Brown has upside in that Washington offense. Yeah, I think he has that ability to maybe be more of a like an unknown player, but he could be a little like a breakout fantasy stud out of nowhere. Yeah, no, hundred percent. One of the players I would definitely be looking out for. I like him better than the Panthers just because of his situation. Mm-hmm. So I would say he's definitely someone I would I would definitely want him on my team. Um, but now we have our last player we will be talking about is Green Bay Packers wide receiver Amari Rodgers. 
Now he's fallen to eighty-five. He's not the he's not one of the best players. He could have gone in the second round just because this class is so loaded. He's definitely talented. But the big thing, wide receiver for Green Bay, they have a clear hole at their number two spot. Devontae Adams, obvious number one. Then anyone's game for the second. My boy Alan Lazard sliding in. I drafted him last year. Did not exactly work out for me. That's right, where right, MVS, yeah. Lazard kind of competing over there. Amani Rogers. Amari Rogers in. coming in. If he gets that number two spot, he could really break out. He's got the he's third round pick. That's not exactly something to joke about, especially with such an open hole there. Yeah. Rogers hopefully Aaron Rodgers. If Rogers stays. is there. Yes. If Aaron Rodgers stays if Rogers is Amari gone, Rogers is great. his value steeply declined. So Yeah, I would agree with you for sure, no matter what, because uh that would not be good. But But a wide receiver two is still a wide receiver two. If, yeah. if we're assuming that he takes over that. Amari Rogers, I mean, what he's got the perfect situation. He could mm-hmm. lead the team, be the number two guy in targets for that offense. Yeah, and he's just potential alone, just because of that reason, he could succeed. Like, he's got such a high breakout opportunity if he gets that number two spot, which I think he's got the best bet to get the number two spot. I don't think Alan Lazard or MVS are going to be keeping it. There will be games. MVS obviously has shown. Yeah, where he will be a big impact. But I think Amari Rogers is a lot more consistent of a receiver, and his situation is a lot better. So I think he is a great player to have. And just like Di- Di- just like Diami Brown, both of these guys, great late round additions to your team. If you got both mm-hmm. of them, I think one of them definitely will break out. I like that logic. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I like these breakout receivers out of basically nowhere, out of thin air. That happens every year. And these guys, two perfect candidates. Like mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin did it for the football team. He was a third round pick. Yeah. One of these guys could just be that guy, just this for this year though. I think that yeah, these these late these not well, not late round but you know these third round second third round players like I feel like most people you're competing against in your league might only watch the first round of the draft. If that yeah. they might only watch like the first half. These are the players that you got to know, and if that no one else in your league knows, you can basically just take advantage of them. Because they're going to be drafting, like, backup kickers at the 16th pick, and you're just picking up all these real potential studs. Eventually, one of them's going to hit for you, you know? End of the day, rookie players always break out. And first mm-hmm. round, not guaranteed. Of Obviously, higher risk for these guys, but Rodgers and Brown, their situation, it's exactly what you want to see. Like, they're being put into positions where instant starters week one, they can break out right away. Right. Is that going to wrap up our draft, Jason? Anyone else uh, to talk yeah, about? no, that, that's everyone we had right. to cover. So. so that's our draft recap for today. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'm just going to roll that outro music. Have some good vibes of flowing. Don't forget, Jason's winning in the game. We didn't have it today. <laughs> oh, okay. Jason is winning 4-3. to three. No quiz today. I promise I'll be back there next week. Coming back for all the fans of Patrick at home. We're coming back. We're going to tie it. You don't even have to wear. It's inevitable. I mean, you can try. Not going to (laughs) happen. All right, everyone. Have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Farewell.